hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Imagine it. You are sitting at your computer. You are online and you are at your credit card or bank site. And you are making the very last payment. To pay off your credit card completely, you will be debt-free. Hey, it's David, one of your hosts of The Queer Money Show. It sounds good, doesn't it? What would it take for you to get there? This week, John and I start a four-week series sharing with you the four principles that we used in paying off $51,000 in credit card debt in just two and a half years. We will provide you with a free tool to get you started that is filled with instructions and exercises that will put you on the path to financial freedom. Let's do it. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. Okay, let's see if this card goes through for that $8,000 drink. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody wants to be a part of the in crowd. Everybody wants to to look good. My my decision was, I'm not a victim. I'm not going to stay and work someplace where this is a problem. Normally, we don't drink on queer money, but because we're talking about a subject that David is rather vanilla on... Grab a glass of wine, because you're listening to Queer Money with the Debt Free Guys. This is the only show helping our community do more and be more by talking about money from the queer perspective. All right, it is January, and we thought that it would be a good idea for us to visit, revisit, I guess for some of you, the four principles of a debt-free life. When David and I got through... uh, paying off our debt. We had $51,000 worth of credit card debt. When we got through paying that off, we decided to write a book uh, to cover the four things or four principles that we discovered in the process of paying off our debt. And since it's January and this is the time of the year that everybody likes to focus on paying off debt and or losing weight, both uh, one of which I'm doing, (laughs) one of which I'm doing the present time, uh, we thought we should cover the, uh, the four principles for the next four weeks. We will talk about each of the four principles. The first principle being be money conscious, which we'll talk about today. The second is live below your means, which we'll talk about next week. The third is cash is king. And the fourth is have a financial plan. So today we're going to talk about the principle, number one principle of be money conscious. So David, what does that mean? Well, before I actually talk about that, I wanted to let you know that this podcast is being supplemented by a free downloadable that we have for you that is our ebook do you know how to be money conscious so although we'll discuss this this concept of being money conscious and the ideas around it and some of the things that you can do to put it into practice in your life we have a written explanation of how to do this that's available on the show notes for this page we'll highlight that a little bit later on in the podcast as well and the caveat there is that it is a free uh, tool or free book so uh, at no cost to you so there's no reason to not download it exactly so what's what is being money conscious what does that mean uh, well I like to use the analogy of and I think if you're a uh, a driver if you've driven a car you have experienced this and I know uh, unfortunately I have experienced this a number of times of being completely lost in thought uh, while you're driving 
So whether it's the kids behind you in the car making noise or you're listening to a song or, or a radio commentary that's really engaging or you're thinking about your day of work ahead, whatever it is, you go through the intersection and about a second after you've gone through the intersection, you look in the rearview mirror and you say to yourself, was that a red light I just went through? The idea behind that is that every single one of us who's experienced that, we were completely unconscious at a major intersection or major point in life. And so this whole idea of us doing the same thing with our money is very common. People go through life spending money. John and I are were, were absolutely... Uh, Prime examples of that. Yeah, we were prime examples, and uh, we committed this crime on a regular basis of just spending without actually thinking about why, where, and how we were spending and the impact that would have on us. Just like driving down the road and not paying attention to the uh, the surroundings that could potentially harm you, we can do the same thing with our money, not just not even thinking about how our spending could potentially harm us. Yeah, and we're prime examples of that. Maybe we should give a brief explanation of our background for those of you who have not heard our story. Uh, David and I are a gay couple. We've been together for 13 years, and about two and a half, or I'm sorry, about a year and a half after being together, we found ourselves living in a basement apartment with two mediocre cars. Here we were, two 30-something professional financial services professionals, no less. Uh, so the cobblers could ha- kids had no shoes. And we had $51,000 worth of credit card debt between the two of us. And we got to a point where we were wondering, what's going on with our lives? Why are our friends and our peers getting married, having children, building houses, buying houses? And here we were living in a basement apartment of a friend's house, and we were digging ourselves deeper and deeper into debt. And we realized that something was wrong. And we, through the course of a couple of months, we had some extensive conversations, real heart-to-heart conversations between the two of us. And one of the things that we realized, one of the most critical things we realized, was that we weren't being conscious. We weren't living consciously, as David said. We were completely living unconsciously. We were more focused on our weekends and having a good time than we were focused on our financial security for our long-term security. And um, that started to catch up with us. And as as the saying goes, something that can't go on forever won't. And we realized, luckily, before things couldn't continue, that we were on a trajectory of, of, of failure. Right. I have, we have a perfect example of how this transpired in our lives. And it's, this is just a, a, a small piece of what it was like or what was going on in our lives. Like John mentioned, we were very focused on having a good time, enjoying life. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was detrimental to us. And so we were out one night uh, with some friends. It was a Thursday night, and we were hanging out at it was a school a, night, no less. <laughs> right, it was a school night. It was uh, we were hanging at a bar at a bar and grill uh, where a number of people just kind of hang out and have uh, drinks after work and dinner. I think we actually went there to watch a football game, and then we didn't go home after the football game ended, and we right. stayed with right. all of our friends having more to drink. That's right. <laughs> so. The night went on, and uh, it was probably around 10 o'clock, and someone said, let's go out. Let's go out and go di- go dancing. John and I looked at each other, and we said, no. no it was, it was um, just before 9 o'clock, because I'm not close tonight. Oh, that's right. I'm yeah, sorry. sorry. You're right. You're right. 
Well, this is, <laughs> mind you, this was like 13 years ago. So. <laughs> right. So uh, we were we were hanging out with the, our friends, and, and they kind of pestered us a little bit. Said, come on, let's go out. Let's go dancing. And uh, John and I were regulars at, uh, at being out uh, on the weekends in the Denver scene. And so we were having dinner, and, and finally John said, well, I can't because I don't have anything to wear. Which was, to me, the perfect excuse. There's no reason for us to go. If you don't have anything to wear, we don't need to go. Well, within about a minute or two, that conversation changed, that the mall was about six or eight blocks away, and we could get there in enough time for John to be able to get something to wear. Mind you, he was wearing a pair of shorts, flip-flops, and a t-shirt. So I was not wearing dancing attire. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, you know, you're at the beach. <laughs> right, exactly. So I think that we were both a little uh, loosened up by what we had had to drink that evening. Yes. We get into a car, and I proceed to run three or four red lights. They were kind of pink. And they, yeah. <laughs> uh, in an area of Denver where there wasn't a lot of traffic, but I literally ran these red lights, got to the mall. We get in, get to the mall bust through the doors, and we go into Diesel, which was John's favorite store. My addiction at the time. Yes. Uh, if you're not familiar with Diesel, Diesel sells $300 jeans, $100 t-shirts, $100 tennis shoes, or not really tennis shoes, or fashion tennis shoes. Fashion shoes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we walk into the store, her, literally run into the store. The woman, one of the women that John is familiar with, uh, greets us, and John says, I would like that and that and those in my size meet me at the dressing room. And literally, within five minutes, that sales associate picked up the clothing. clothing. She already knew what John's size, is, size was. She picked up that clothing, met him at, this, at this, uh, the, the dressing room, and within 15 minutes, we were walking out of that store having spent over $500 on jeans, T-shirt, and tennis shoes so that we could go dancing that evening. And so by the time we got to, you know, we probably didn't get to tracks until it was like 10 o'clock. So the most we were there was four hours. Yeah. So in addition to the money we spent at the bar and grill prior to going to the mall, we spent 500 plus dollars at the mall and then whatever it costs to get into tracks and then to pay for our drinks while we were there. So what, at a time that we were living in our basement apartment, we were definitely living like we were, we were living the high life. <laughs> so that's a great analogy of, of, of being unconscious, spending right. unconsciously. You know, and what's interesting about this story is as I tell it, um, those of you who are familiar with the movie Pretty in Pink, I'm not Pretty in Pink, um, Pretty Woman, are most likely thinking, oh, that sounds so romantic, like such a cool story. I would love to be able to walk into a store and say, this is what I want and be able to be able to buy it. The reality is, is at that time, John had, or John and I had, close to $50,000 in credit card debt. There's no reason we should have been doing that. No, but it totally fed, the thing is, is that it totally fed, it fed my ego. I don't know if it fed yours, but it fed my ego to be able to walk into a store, tell a sales, have a sales associate know my size, and just I can just call out three items that I want, and then we can go in, in 15, 20 minutes. Right. Um, you know, it kind of provided some sort of a validation. And then, of course, when we got to the, the dance club, everybody knew that we had brand, uh, brand new clothing on and there's a new outfit. And, you know, it just kind of, you look so good. And I was just feeding, you know, feeding our ego. Right. And it was not serving us any way, shape, or form. It only 
kept us in that basement longer than we wanted to be. Exactly. Yeah, just uh, for those of you who say, oh, I would never, ever do something like that, I'll let you know that, that this story that we just told is was John's way of being financially unconscious. My personal way of being financially unconscious was every single morning I would leave for work and I would stop at a bagel shop and I would get a coffee, a bagel, and head to work. I was spending six and a half, seven dollars every single day of the week, well, Monday through Friday, before I went to work. And then I would go out to lunch most of the time. Uh, and so I was living a lifestyle of John was John's purchases were big, but I was living a lifestyle of nickel and diming. I didn't need to run off to the store and buy three hundred dollar jeans and a hundred dollar t shirt, but I was doing the exact same thing John was um, living un, in, in a financially unconscious way, but I was doing it at very small dollar amounts. So being un, financially unconscious can happen to almost anyone. It's the unconscious part about it is that you're spending without thinking of the consequences. So both of us were doing it. So we feel this is a a, a foundational piece, and that's why it's it's the very first principle is that you have to understand the consequences of how you're spending and what it means not only for your today, but what does it mean for your tomorrow. Right. And it, it all it all starts back though, and we talk about in the book and and, and in several shows that we've been, we've been on. It's imperative for people to know how much money they actually earn. It's imperative for people to know exactly how much money they actually earn. Very often we're at cocktail parties or happy hours or whatever. We tell our family, you know, oh, I earn $40,000 a year or I earn $60,000 a year or I earn $100,000 a year. And that's actually not the case. Even though that's the quote that your employer gives you, that's not what you bring home. You know, after you consider all of your perks, such as health insurance, life insurance, medical insurance, um, after you consider taxes, what you're bringing home is often considerably less than that salary that your your employer is telling you that you earn each year. Yes, you have to pay for that those expenses regardless, but that's actually not what you're bringing home. And very often we live a lifestyle that's commensurate with the quote that our employer gives us as our earnings, but not actually what we bring home dollar for dollar. Exactly. I think it's very common for us to think, oh, well, I make $50,000 a year, or I make $75,000 a year, or even if it's $30,000 a year, I make X number of dollars. We divide that by 12, and or we divide that by 24, and we say, this is how much I can spend. Well, as John mentioned, whether you're, even if you're in the lowest tax bracket, you're having 15% of your uh, paycheck being taken out just for your primary income just, taxes, yeah, taxes and then the other income taxes and the other exp the the other uh, benefits that are withdrawn it, because you pay a portion of those are going to reduce your income and we kind of get this cloudy picture of how much you're able to spend and that's part of the reason why John and I believe that the one of the first steps in being becoming money conscious is to actually recognize or know how much money you truly make or truly bring home and that's one of the first exercises that we have in the, down, the free downloadable Do You Know How to Be Money Conscious is to do an analysis of exactly what it is you bring home so that you know approximately, so you know how much you can actually spend 
in terms of uh, your basic necessities, your non-necessities, and uh, savings and investing. Exactly. So if you know how much you make or you know how much you're bringing in, that's just half of the equation for being money conscious because there are... There are many examples of people who know exactly how much they make, but they have no clue how much money they're spending. And because they have no clue how much money they're spending, they're often spending more than they make. And that is, that's just another unconscious piece. So one of the other fundamental pieces of being money conscious is understanding how much money you spend. And oftentimes... This most, is much more abstract for most people. <laughs> right, it is. We, we don't, we're not raised in a society or in a culture where we are instructed on how to understand the benefits of buying X versus Y, to a- asking ourselves, is this w- worth the purchase? Or how much money did I actually spend this month? Is it, am, am I operating like a business or am I operating like a nonprofit not bringing (laughs) any money in? So there are are lots of ways to to think about uh, knowing how much you spend or actually figuring out how much you spend. I think this this unconscious spending is sort of a, a byproduct of the credit card or debit card lifestyle. It's when you're actually handing over cash, dollars and cents to checkout counter it's easier to see how much you're spending but when you have a debit card or a credit card and you're just swiping all of your expenses it's harder to see exactly what's being taken out of your account and so it kind of adds to that unconsciousness and i know it's it's not reality to tell people that you need to stop using a credit card or debit card but it's a reality to say that you do need to understand exactly what's coming in and going out. That's pretty much what we're saying with both of these examples, right? Is you have to understand what you're bringing in and what you're going out, regardless of how it comes in and regardless of how it goes out, you need to understand exactly what, what, what the difference is. Right. You know, here's an example of this. Uh, I was at work. This is a probably year and a half, two years ago, two of the guys that I work with on my team used to go to Starbucks every single afternoon, two o'clock clockwork, they would head to Starbucks. And they asked me to go one time. Not that I have anything about going out and grabbing coffee, but they asked me to go one time and I said, that's okay. I I made my own coffee. And one of the guys asked me, why is it that I don't, I don't ever go? Um, And I said to him, well, I don't want to start a habit because I know how easily it is I can get back into the habit. I, as I mentioned earlier, I used to go to a bagel shop and get a coffee and bagel every morning. But I said to him, if you spend $4, just $4 a day on that coffee, you're going to spend approximately $1,000 this year going to get coffee in the middle of the afternoon. I could find a lot better way to spend 1000 or even a portion of that $1,000 that can add value to my life. And I am comfortable, I'm fine with making my own coffee at work, whether it's coffee I bring in or coffee that, that is supplied at work. Unfortunately, the coffee that I have at work <laughs> is not the best, so I do I do take my own coffee, but I, I save a significant amount by just getting beans and grinding them myself at home and then taking them in. And that's, a, that's just kind of one of the pieces of knowing how much you spend. Well, I think we use the analogy oftentimes when we're being interviewed on other platforms uh, that... We, we, we always ask each other, would we, would we rather have a margarita here in Denver or would we rather have a margarita on the beaches of Puerto Vallarta? 
And the answer is always that we want to be in Puerto having a margarita. And not that that's necessarily all that we save for or the only reason that we, we live modestly while we're in Denver, but it's just an analogy of what, what is going to be more rewarding. Do you want a financially secure retirement? Do you want, do you want to have the benefit of being able to retire or do you want to have your thousand dollars worth of coffee from Starbucks each year while you're working? You know, it's just a, it's a, it's a, a, you're weighing the benefits, the the pros and cons of, of having it now as opposed to having it later and having it later very often, if you do it strategically and right, can be a lot more rewarding than having it now. Exactly. Unfortunately, it's like physics. Right. (laughs) And we're not just picking on going out to have coffee. I mean, there's lots of other things that we can do. If coffee is going to get coffee every morning is a vital part of what allows you to function as a human, (laughs) then maybe you keep that one and you drop something else. You know, there are things that John and I love to do that we will not, we won't sacrifice. And one of those is actually getting good coffee. We go, we go to a local coffee shop that roasts their coffee here in Denver because we really enjoy good coffee. We really enjoy their coffee. Right. (laughs) But we also do it in, in a way that is financially conscious. Right. But that's the thing. If you want to go to Starbucks every day or whatever your, 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 your perk is, it's, it's critical just to know what the consequences of that uh, that is. Right. You know, it's 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 about being conscious. It's not necessarily about cutting back. So yeah, if your thing is coffee, if your thing is wine, whatever, that's that's fine. Definitely do it, but know what impact it is it's having on your spending and what it could the impact it could be having on your future. It could be negligible, but it, very oftentimes, if we're not conscious about it, it could have a bigger impact than than what we think it's going to have. So, you know, we have some tips and tools that we provide on several different platforms, whether it's debtfreeguys.com, Do You Not Be Money Conscious, the ebook that you can download for free uh, on that's available in the show notes of this podcast, as well as in our book, The Four Principles of a Debt-Free Life. But, you know, we have some other keys. It's, you know, it's critical for, for, for us to have a budget, and that's kind of what, a lot of what this speaks to is exactly how much money you're bringing in and exactly how much money is going out and if it, what money is going out, where it's going. Right. You may, you may remember, if you're a regular listener, you may remember back to an episode where David Ray, financial planner, uh, what is this? Financial planner LA. Yeah. Um, so he had made a comment about helping individuals plan for the future. And he jokingly said, if you're coming to me saying you want to save a dollar, you want to, you want to save for down payment on a house and you're able to save a dollar a month, well, good luck. You're not going to ever be able to save. <laughs> I enough can't money. help you. <laughs> right. I, he, that's what he said. I can't help you. Well, that's the same thing here. You know, you, if you know how much money you make and you know how much money you spend, but if it's being aware of how much you make and how much you spend, if it's always negative, you're never going to make any progress. Right. And that's what the tools are there for is to help you make sure that you spend less than you make so that you actually do end up getting somewhere. You get to where you want to want to get. Right. You're going to suffer the consequences anyway. So you can, you can suffer the consequences of your bad decisions or you can suffer or benefit from the consequences of your good decisions. Very often, unfortunately, we as a society, and I think especially the queer community, when it comes to finances, we stick our head in the sand. Right. We'd rather not know because not knowing it, it feels safer. But inevitably, that's going to catch up with us. And our message is understand your financial situation and then respond according, accordingly. And it's actually not as scary as it seems initially. Sure. Yes, I think subconsciously, David and I both knew we had $51,000 worth of credit card between the two of us. We both knew that neither of us were living the the... the 
the advice that we were giving our clients when we were working in financial services, but we chose to not address those because it was much more fun, or so we thought, not paying attention to it. And our message is that that's actually not the case. If you flip that around, turn it on its head, understand what your finances are, and, and, and get yourself in a healthy financial position, you'll feel much more reward and satisfaction than you ever did before. Right. You know, on our episode last week that we had with Brian Thompson, one of the things that we talked about was how rapidly the world is changing uh, and how a lot of us have examples of parents and grandparents who were fortunate enough to live during a time period when everything worked out in the end. You know, they had companies that took care of them and created a, pe a pension for them so that they had money when they would retire. They lived during a time period when Social Security was fully funded and there was a lot of money being poured into those balances so that they would be taken care of when they when they get to retirement. Unfortunately, I think for those of us who are Gen Xers and uh, Millennials and Gen Z or whatever it's going to be called. Element of P. Right. <laughs> um, we are now living in a time period where it won't just work out in the end. We have to, as Brian said, he and I don't remember who the individual was that he quoted, we have to win our 20s. So we have to focus on being money conscious in order to win financially. We all want to be able to retire at a certain time, be able to relax and enjoy the benefits of our 20, 30, 40 years of working. That's only going to happen if we prepare. Right. You know, our government put in those safety nets to help generation after generation after generation be much more financially secure than previous generations were at that point. Unfortunately, our government isn't paying attention to the aspects that they should be. And both parties are to blame at this point because right. Social Security has been underfunded for decades. Right. Um, that's not, and they're, over the course of decades, we've had Democrats and Republicans in office. So it's incumbent upon us as individuals to own our financial security and not because, because our government has proven that we cannot necessarily rely on them. They may be able to turn things around. Things may get better, but it's kind of a, a Russian roulette to hope that they will be able to fix things. It's much more incumbent upon us to take care take care of ourselves exactly so that's what our message is our right. message you know with this with the, with principle number one is to understand your financial situation because once you know as, as the same gi joe goes knowing but when you know better you do better right right it, it, and you may ask yourself so what's what has been the result you know we started off with a story of this is this is how john and i were completely unconscious what's been the result of us us becoming conscious financially well, we went from having $51,000 in credit card debt and living in a basement apartment. And I think combined, we had a net worth at that time. We probably had a net worth of about a negative $10,000 because we had so much debt. So today we are debt free and we have a net worth of that's approaching $500,000 of investable assets. And that's all because we learned how to really understand what money we were making, what money we were spending, how to make the spending less than the making, and put that money to work in a way that would help us be able to prosper and continually grow. And I'll add to that, we don't include it in our net worth um, for 
a number of reasons that we won't talk about here. But we also moved out of our basement apartment and ha- live, now live in, which pretty much had no sunlight. I mean, you didn't know what time of day it was in the wintertime unless you looked at the clock. You couldn't tell because there was so little light. And now we live on the 12th floor of a high rise in Denver that overlooks where you can see the mountains and downtown Denver. And um, that's not included in our net worth, but that's completely changed our, our, our life around, our our view of the world is completely different than what it was when we lived in that basement with $51,000 worth of credit card debt. Right. So we're prime examples of what it means, or the results, results. of what can be can, your life can be if you become money conscious. So we hope that this uh, podcast inspired you. If you have any questions about being money conscious, what it means, how it can help you, or how to get started, you can, like I said, we said, you can download our ebook, which is very, which is free. Do you know how to be money conscious? And that will be emailed to you as soon as uh, emailed to you directly to your inbox. Uh, but if you have any questions, you can always connect with us on Facebook. We have a Facebook wall at debtfreeguys.com. Or I'm sorry, we have a Facebook Facebook at debtfreeguys. We're also on Twitter at debtfreeguys. But if you go to debtfreeguys.com, you can uh, go to our contact page and you can email us directly there. Any questions or concerns you have, please let us know. We're definitely here to help. And if we can elaborate on anything or provide any clarity to anything we've discussed today, uh, we're certainly here. So let us know. But at the very least, uh, we hope you found this podcast enjoyable and valuable and uh, that you enjoy the, uh, or see value in the ebook, Do You Not Be Money Conscious? Exactly. And remember, join us next week when we start talking about how to live below your means. Remember we said you need to make, need to make more money than you're spending. Well, the key to spending less is understanding how to live below your means. And we'll and, talk that, about that next week. And we'll talk about that. And it's not as painful as it sounds. Exactly. Lots <laughs> we of had fun, a lot of fun, fun, ways, fun yeah. doing that. So um, if you think that this is very um, uh, a very depressing conversation, it shouldn't be. It's actually, uh, it'll be very fun. So please join us next week. We'll talk to you then. Are you ready to start being money conscious? Are you ready to take the first steps to get your financial life headed in an awesome direction? Then download the ebook on our site. Have a great week. See you back next week when we start talking about how you can live below your means. Have a great one. Thanks again. Okay. We just serviced you. Now you get to service us by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and signing up for the Queer Money Lifestyle newsletter at queer.money. Well, I'm not really gay. Help me if I had a personal chef made all the all the puppy meals for me. So instead, I'll have a Snickers and everything. <laughs> the other end, I like the butts. So. <laughs> uh. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.